Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 34, September 10th, 2016. Your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Today's episode is the continuation from episode 28, Can of Warriors versus On-Site Consumption Ordinances from Fairbanks North Star Borough. This week, what ended up happening, well, what ended up happening a month ago, we have everyone showing, not everyone, tons of people showing up and giving their support for on-site consumption. Lots of great testimony. Now what we have, it went way into the night. I'm not even sure how late, it went late. Instead of them discussing, instead of the borough assembly discussing, going into their session and discussing things without public testimony, they adjourned the meeting and decided they would talk about it later. They bring it up at this meeting. They they have public testimony about things not on the agenda. So there were that was a little sly of them sneaking in some people that are talking, particularly from the railroad district. We had Jim Oslin show up again, Vivian Stiver. They all give public testimony against cannabis in general, but slip in the on-site consumption. Now we have all our familiar faces. We have Lance Roberts speaking up. We have, um, let's see, Quist, Hutchinson, Satley. All of them give their testimony like you know they will as borough assembly members. What we're going to start off with first Let's understand what's going on. Again, we have the mm-hmm. a ban on public consumption that Guy Satley and Diane Hutchinson have brought up, big time supported by Lance Roberts, Jim Oslin, the Drug Free Fairbanks Initiative. It says an ordinance establishing a limited moratorium on land use permits for marijuana establishments. Actually, that this is the recent one. We do not have the limited moratorium yet. We have Matt Cooper bring up this moratorium. He kind of puts things on a stall. We'll we'll listen to how things happen. But this is them going into their session of discussion. And we'll hear how they how they discuss it, how they discuss on site consumption. With a final Matt Cooper bringing it in with an amendment to put a moratorium until the state can decide on what happens. And we all know what the state ended up doing. Now what we'll hear first is Assemblyman Quist. He is talking about maybe he has a conflict of interest. He brings it up and everyone decides he doesn't, but it's interesting how things are put. Then we have our public testimony, sneak-ins, what's good. And does anyone have a conflict of interest that they need to declare that's related to items on the agenda tonight? So I have something I'd like to bring forward that you can rule on. If I okay, may. thank you. So um, in regards to marijuana potential legislation, when it, uh, I, for general things like zoning or things that involve the public in general, I don't appear to have a conflict of interest. But for anything that regards the commercial property at 206 Driveway Street, I'm a commercial tenant there. And so basically any uh, any ordinance that involves that property, I have a, um, a conflict of interest in. There are a few items on the agenda that uh, this I might be a concern for, but after speaking with the attorney, I don't believe that I have a conflict of interest, but I would appreciate a ruling on that. Okay. Well, thank, uh, thank you for declaring that uh, connection there. I appreciate uh, that. Yes, sir. Could I ask a question about that? I, can we know what the intended – there's four categories of, of, of license, I guess – can we know, I think, for the ruling to be made, you have to know what the intended use is there. In other words, which of the four kinds of licenses are, 
and specifically if it's retail with on-site consumption, then I think it's more of a conflict than if it's something else. So uh, can we know what kind he's talking about? Please? Yeah, I'd be happy to address that. Um, so the application that's been initiated for uh, uh, it's um, a retail marijuana license in that same building, um, and it's been initiated, that's the, the status of it. And um, for some time, there's also a borough zoning permit for that location. Um, and that's stri it's strictly that, just retail. Um, and But there's no such thing as um, public consumption. So it's not that. Okay, thank you. And I, I think that my understanding is that um, the items that are on the agenda tonight don't deal specifically with that property. They're, they're of a more general nature across the borough. So given that understanding, I, I would rule that there is no conflict at this time. Is there any? Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank and, you. Uh, I'd like to make sure that we have those items out at the yeah. beginning of the meeting. Good evening. My name is Angel Knapp, um, 1971 Fox Avenue uh, in Fairbanks. My husband and I own a business in the railroad industrial area. My frustration tonight is about marijuana cultivators moving into the railroad industrial area and now possible smoke rooms operating out of these facilities. I would like to let the assembly know that the consensus in the railroad industrial area is the one is that one marijuana cultivator is one too many in the neighborhood. And now we have two. As Catherine Dodge pointed out in an email to me, and I agree, there needs to be a discussion about the density of the cultivation facilities and potentially the density of consumption facilities in one area. I spoke with Kellum Spillman, Fairbanks uh, North Star Borough Planner, about cons my concerns, and he suggested the following. Uh, re one, rezone lease lots. Two, change zoning code to disallow marijuana use in general use area, or use zone. While marijuana is considered an industry, it is by no means industrial. I find that offensive that a cultivator falls in the same category as a welder, a machinist, a builder, a carpenter, a pipe fitter, etc. We may not be churches, schools, recreations, or youth centers, correctional facilities, but we are hardworking citizens, and this area is our community. Businesses located on railroad property own the buildings, but we do not own the property. We do pay a quarterly lease and property tax on the property we lease. The railroad has said they do not have a dog in the fight. Well, I believe they do. Most all businesses in this area close at 5 p.m. with the exception of two businesses closing at 6 p.m. and one at 8 p.m. This area is very quiet in the evenings. We do not want to see, what we do not want to see is a Mardi Gras atmosphere. This area is not a party area. It is an individual um, industrial area. This type of party atmosphere does and will draw riffraff to the area. This will be a constant worry for all businesses in the railroad industrial area. In the past, we have all been burglarized in one way or another and several businesses several times. Whether it's items in our yards, outbuildings broken into, or main buildings broken into. Another issue is parking. Currently, neither marijuana, neither marijuana facility, um, neither of the marijuana facilities have adequate parking in their buildings. And I'm going to run over them. Can I have an extra minute? No. <laughs> and, um, and their buildings, which leave both sides of the streets for parking. I invite all of you to come down to this area at five, the 5 o'clock hour. Businesses that have large trucks have a hard time returning back to their buildings at the end of the day, and I've heard the, this concern from several businesses in this area. A solution, put up no parking signs on one side of the street and towing signs. There's only one reason individuals slash families start up a marijuana business, and that is money. When my husband and I started our business 17 years ago, our first thought was not that we were going to become filthy rich. Our first thought was what type of service would be of value to the community. And that has been and remained our goal ever since. Thank I have you. two more. 
paragraph, two more little things. We, we, you can give us that, that typewritten thing. And, we, and, and actually, I think most of us have seen your email, too. So we, I think we have a good point. Okay. But I'll, well, I'll ask, I, let me ask if there's some questions for you. Mr. Satley. Yes, ma'am. Um, railway industrial area, do you get a lot of pedestrian <clears throat> traffic, a lot of people walking down the street? We do not. We get a lot of tourists at our company, and um, we get people at night driving through just curious about but not, what's not, back It's here. not a heavy pedestrian area. In what way do you mean? Going for a walk well, walking. With a dog? I, we had one of these future cultivators, um, future retailers with hopes for on-site consumption, saying that there was a lot of pedestrian traffic. People would walk to his place and so on. Do you see a lot of walkers? I guess I don't understand the question. Are you saying, will I see, do I see people walking? Yeah, are they going to drive? The I'm wondering if they're going to drive there or walk there. I assume everybody's going to drive. Yeah. That's what they do with the hoodoo. They drive there yep. and park all along the streets. I don't know if any of you go to uh, the hoodoo, but there is no parking. I mean, no, it's full. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to yeah. find out. Thank you. Yeah. Ms. Hutchison. Do you happen to know what hours Hoodoo has? Uh, there are 3 to 8, um, closed Sunday, Monday, 3 to 8, Tuesday through Friday, and 11 to 8 on Saturday. Mr. Lawrence? What impact has the Hoodoo had, Hoodoo, um, I guess, brewery had on the neighborhood? Well, being that they're the only vice in the neighborhood, and I and we and I were the neighbors next door. Uh, we enjoy Bobby and family. Um, they keep a careful watch, but um, they're the last ones open in the neighborhood. Um, they're very good about stop serving at eight, and then people make their way back to their cars. But um, there are cars left out on the road. Um, we don't have problems as a neighbor. There's a couple things issues, but nothing major. Um, but if we see more than just, say, another brewery comes in, say a couple uh, cultivators, and then their smoke rooms, we're, we're gonna, it's gonna be party central, and that's a worry. You know, we are industrial, and we all have stuff in our yards. You know, that we keep out because we work. You know, steel, <coughs> copper, and and what what difference do you think? Well. I, to tell you the truth, I don't know what a cultivator, what traffic a cultivator is going to bring in, but a retail store, what difference do you think uh, uh, the customers of a marijuana retail store, how will, will they be different from the customers at Hoodoo? I think uh, they will. Um, I think, first of all, it's about how many. What, what's enough? You know, what, what, there's 11 businesses on our side of the railroad industrial area. What happens when 10 are, mal are uh, marijuana cultivators and we're the last people um, but what's it going to do to our property? And um, drinking, you know, you have a drink. Usually the folks that come down to the hoodoo, I don't know if you do, but they usually go down, have a drink, bring their kids, uh, go home. You know, they don't uh, hang around. But if you're going to have a lot of marijuana cultivators and a lot of smoke rooms, you're going to have a lot of people hanging around. And you're going to have them hanging around after hours. Um, you're going to have them walking. You're going to bring people into the industrial area that normally don't hang out in the industrial area. And I just think um, uh, I think it's about quantity. It's about how many people, how many, when's enough enough? How many folks are you going to shove into the industrial area that are cultivators? Are there going to be a few more breweries? You know, Bobby having his business there, he's very responsible. Um, one in that area is enough. A vice, one vice in the area is enough. But shoving a bunch into the area, there is, you don't even, nobody knows what's going to happen, you know? I mean, if you're just a cultivator and you put up your fence and you put up your security and it's quiet uh, and there's one cultivator, that's one thing. But both of the cultivators in the area, from my understanding, are going to have, either have or going to get a retail license, and consumption falls under that retail license. All right. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Hutchison. Just one follow-up, because the ordinance before us that I assume you were kind of testifying about is the, uh, with no public hearing later tonight, is the on-site consumption. So in general, are you for or against that oh, particular? Oh, absolutely against. I mean, against I mean, the ordinance or against? No, uh, I'm for the ordinance against having smoke rooms uh, uh, consumption under 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thanks for coming down. Just to kind of follow up on that question, then, if that ordinance included similar language but about public consumption of alcohol, would you support that? Um, what having more breweries down there with more tap rooms? Is that? Um, is that? What no, you I'm mean? sorry. If I may. Sure. So um, the question was the ordinance that we're talking about later, banning the public consumption of, of cannabis potentially, right? So, so would you support a smoke room under the retail license? Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, the, the prohibition of that, right? And so I guess my question is, if it was also prohibiting alcohol, would you support that measure? I'm, I'm looking at quantity. I'm looking at the hoodoo's there now. That's we just need one vice in the neighborhood. Okay. Yet you can't, you can't put it all under a you know, uh, uh, umbrella. I mean, we, we how I'm looking at how much is going to come and when is enough enough? Are we going to have 15 cultivators in the neighborhood and they're all going to have retail license and they're all going to uh, fall into the smoke room category and people are going to park their car on the street? There is no parking. If any of you have ever been over there, we all we have about enough room for six cars. Most of the buildings. Um, only have that they park out in the streets it's just going to be a big party atmosphere it, it it's an industrial area marijuana is not industrial i know we shove it in there because it's out of sight out of mind but none of you'd want it in your neighborhood you wouldn't want it popping up to the left and right of you uh behind you and in front of you in your little homes you know and we don't want it in our neighborhood we don't want the quantity of it if there's just one there maybe that's doable but if there's 15 of them you know, how am I going to retire? What, who am I going to sell to? Am I going to sell to a cultivator? Yeah, it goes. Angel, did you have some issue. more? Did you have some more material that you wanted to hand to us on your uh, testimony? Well, I'd have to email it to you. Or okay, why don't you why don't you do that then? Yeah. Uh, uh, we did get some email from you, but if you have further information, why don't you send it to us on an email? That would be yeah. good. I mean, I don't know how to answer. You know, you can't put anything under a right. umbrella. That's a safe. That's the safety of you know answering questions it's yeah. it's a major going to be a major problem and uh you guys come on down at 5 p.m to the area and add a few more vices down there and a few more buildings with, we're going to have a lot of trouble Jim Oslin, 6754 Candy Road, Ooh, Salt. Jimmy's back. I pick up the paper and I read the police blotter, and you got people out there getting arrested for drunk driving, 0 0.25, 0 0.35, they're blowing. Not cannabis. And that makes me angry. They're endangering the community by doing that. Wouldn't want to see Jim that. angry. And why do we keep reading about this? Now, these people get caught. If I want to use my cell phone, I got to put in a code. To, so. You guys don't use it when I'm not looking. So, okay, why can't we put that on a car? And these people can, we can find out who's impaired right away. Because these guys, the scientific guys that do this stuff, they know how to do that. They could figure out a little test and you'd know right away if you're impaired or not. But what these we need to be doing guys. is we need to be taking away licenses, taking away cars. And if people still won't cooperate, we need to put them on full-time community service He's still now, talking about alcohol. so we got these impaired people out on the road endangering us and now you guys want to have on-site consumption where you're going to put more impaired people on the road this is nuts you know what we need to do Nothing is work together to try to figure out how to minimize the impaired people on the highway i keep People gripe at me because I'm working on marijuana, and they say, why don't you do anything about alcohol? Well, I want to do something about alcohol. I don't like that either. But why don't we work together as adults to solve this problem instead of just saying, well, you know, what I hear from the marijuana people is, those guys get to be stupid. Why can't I be stupid? Come on. Mm. Let's be adults here. Mocking. And the other thing is, and this was mentioned before, like, you guys regulate the bars and the liquor stores. You need to regulate the marijuana 
people the same way. They want to be treated like alcohol. Okay, so you got density okay. regulations, you got public hearings, you got Cafes. all kinds of things that go on with bars and liquor stores. You got to do that with marijuana too. You can't just give them a free pass. Free pass. And one final thing that just drives me up Rakes the wall. crazy. People drives me up the wall. Don't think marijuana is a drug. I got a letter from Alaska Cannabis Pack guy in Fairbanks and he says, and I'm quoting, our product is not a drug. It's a plant. It's an herb. Thank you, Mr. Hall. I'm sorry. It's not like putting oregano on spaghetti. Come on. Let's get real here. This stuff is potent. When I went to college, it was a 1 to 2% joint. Now it's 12 to 15 to 17%. And you got all these concentrates out here. These people. The whole idea Sounds of using so marijuana is to get high, get stoned. That's the real use for it. Not the medical stuff, which they play up big time. Yeah, it has some medical uses, and we Wellness. should do that. But people use Wellness. it to get stoned, and now you're going to let them out on the roads to drive. They drive there, they use it. Now what are they going to do? They're going to drive home. You shouldn't be doing that. Let's work together to diminish the number of impaired people on the highways, not add to it. Okay, Vivian Stiver, 523 2nd Avenue, Fairbanks, Alaska. I'm here to talk about cannabis, since that's the new word. We don't want to say marijuana. We'll call it cannabis today. Uh, there was an editorial cannabis. in the she Colorado Springs um, this is like first appearance of Gazette. It's a large city in, in Denver. There was an initiative in Denver. Uh, it was uh, Initiative 139, a citizen's initiative. In that initiative, they wanted to require child restraint packaging for the cannabis industry, as we have for aspirin or ibuprofen. Put health warnings on cannabis products. They're already health Restrict warnings. the THC content to 16%, even though THC occurs Bad naturally idea. in marijuana at 0.2 or 0.5% in cannabis. Oops, I'm sorry, I said marijuana, cannabis. Thank you. So just from that statement alone, cannabis of today is a GMO. It's a genetically modified plant to derive Not THC Monsanto. for recreational purposes. Private there are other things in that plant, other cannabinoids that are indeed used for medical, and some THC is indeed used for medical, but not at the strengths that you're seeing today. So unlike here, Colorado, they hire companies technology. to take petitions. They, better. they pay petitioners to walk these petitions around. What the marijuana industry did is they went to those companies they paid them not to take those citizens' initiatives around. So therefore, the very method that they used to get cannabis legal in our state, in Colorado, and Washington was a citizens' initiative. So now, all of a sudden, it wasn't good enough. They bought the companies out, the signatures were not collected, and the Gazette ed editorial staff now deems the cannabis lobby, the Cannabis Association, as corrupt. Well, she loves that word, doesn't she? So Mr. Cole Hollister tried to use APOC to shut us up. That's the uh, Fairbanks, drug-free Fairbanks group. Uh, he was Good misinformed, job, obviously, because as you all well know, in this part of having a petition, this is our right to free speech. Once it's certified at an election, APOC would be involved. Certainly not now. So... He says going to provide so hundreds of high-paying jobs year-round in this letter. Well, maybe so in Colorado. Maybe so in Colorado Springs and Denver. Hundreds of jobs. Well, let's see. Fort Knox just upped the frequency of drug testing because they're losing people because they're, you know, having bad drug test results. And they're having problems hiring people for our school buses. They even offered me a job because they can't seem to find applicants that are clean. So the whole point of Cannabis this is, is not a problem. we have problems with alcohol. That's true. We have problems with cannabis. You got your sheet last time. You saw the increase in accidents. You saw the increase in deaths on the road. You also saw the dangers to children with these products. And there's not a reason for this community to broadly accept cannabis we're not broadly accepting it. So readily. 
and tell our children, oh, it's great, check out, get high. We need to tell our children to be safe, be smart. If you've got a problem, work through it. Education. There's other ways to recreate rather than altering your consciousness. And no one who's got an altered consciousness, consciousness makes great decisions. It's a great thing about liberty. And they are vulnerable. You're allowed to do whatever you want. Not allowed us. Questions? Um, yeah, Mr. Satley. What, um, first of all, when did, have you got a date on this, uh, this letter from Hollister to, to the... That came with the other information there in the APOC complaint. It came on the email, and I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, um, didn't realize that the date didn't print out on the email. Well, I see on the expedited complaint it's June 29th, so I guess. So I think it right in that, that time frame. Okay. So like what fire with fire. Hollister. Maybe it's here somewhere. What happened? What's the rest of the story, I guess? Well, uh, Cole Hollister is the Alaska Cannabis yeah. uh, Political Action Chairperson. And he's he was the first, first one in the railway industrial area, and I think he's the gentleman who claimed oh. there were a lot of pedestrians moving oh. around. Well, anyway, um, he filed it and soon found out that it's you, it, APOC has no control over my free speech nor anyone else's. Once it's certified, it does become part of the political process. And at that point, if we choose to collect monies or go further, we will have filing requirements. So but what did APOC say? Thank you for educating us, Vivian. They didn't act on it. As far as we, we have not been notified by APOC, it was a non-actionable item. Okay. All right. Just curious. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's hear, um, let's see, we've got Quist, Hutchinson, and Roberts. Here's a good little constitutional debate they have back and forth. Good stuff. Just one quick comment so that the public doesn't think that I'm just sitting here silent because uh, <laughs> the Assembly's heard my arguments every time we do a, a license. The public's heard my arguments. Um, uh, you know, basically, I still think that it's violating my oaths morally, the oaths that I took, and I feel like I should stand for uh, to vote for this because it is still against the law federally. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I was biting my tongue, too, because everybody's heard what I have to say about this. But since this um, supremacy clause argument seems to be carrying so much weight and based on the last vote we saw, I thought I would speak up a bit here. And I guess it's sort of a, a rhetorical question. Uh, how unjust does a law have to be coming down from the federal level for you to before you decide that you want to violate your oath of office. So I'm sure that there's something that could come down from the, hypothetically from the federal government that would be, you would be willing to break your oath of office here. I, I guess where is that line? Um, for me, um, the prohibition of marijuana um, very, crosses that line very much so. So um, I guess uh, um, that, that's really all I have to say. Thank you. Okay. Any other discussion? Yeah, I'll just say one thing and to answer the rhetorical question somewhat. Uh, on line 22 in the whereas, um, I was very careful when I uh, had this whereas made that to state um, the supremacy clause, what I'm talking about is lawfully adopted federal laws. And so um, as far as I'm concerned, if the law is um, constitutional and so therefore, what I would be considered lawful and not um, contradictory to that constitution, then um, that those are the laws that I would support and the ones that aren't done through that process are the ones I don't support. And so um, that is why I agree with this argument that um, because these uh, facilities are in operation of federal law, and I think that law um, based on public health and safety um, and other um, – and, and really it's a justice issue uh, about life that it's certainly something that's constitutional and that's why I would support it and where my line is for laws in general because I certainly um, uh, wouldn't support any law that was made that I thought was unconstitutional. Thank you.
Mr. Quist. I have a compelling reason to file no protest here in regards to the supremacy clause here. Um, the Cole memo, which was mentioned earlier, maybe not by name, I don't recall, it, you know, is the position from the federal government that states that have legal marijuana, re recreational or medical, as long as they meet eight requirements about regulation and, and laws and such, that the federal government won't interfere in that situation. They don't basically don't have a problem with that. So anyway, I guess that's all I'll add. And I would just encourage everybody to vote uh, to file no protest here. Ordinance 2016-39 and Ordinance Amending Chapter 9.12 to prohibit on-site consumption at marijuana establishments and marijuana clubs and amending uh, 1.20.080 regarding the fine schedule and to add, add violations of Chapter uh, 9.12. Sponsors are Assembly Members Hutchison and Satley. It's on page 116 of our packet. And there's additional information in the yellow folders. And just... Just note that we did have uh, a public hearing on this and and uh, completed the public hearing. So we're and and there was a motion uh, on the floor to adopt. So so we are we are in uh, in discussion right now on this ordinance. So assembly debate, Mr. Robertson and Mr. Cooper. So. Um, to me, this was the most incredible thing when the state decided, even though the initiative didn't allow it, they decided that they were going to go beyond that and authorize <coughs> an experiment that um, no other states tried, the on-site consumption of recreational marijuana. It's pretty hard to think of something associated with this whole thing that's any more dangerous than that. So the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, inaccurate um, – parallel made with alcohol in this circumstance, there's a few um, important differences. You know, with alcohol, you have um, a range of moderation that, you know, as many people can go after work and they can go drink a beer and they can drive home, depending on body weight, type of beer, whatever. But there's some range of moderation. But uh, with marijuana, it being a drug, you know, you notice they don't talk about body weight like they do with alcohol when you're talking about drugs because it, it while it certainly affects the body, it's also going more directly to the mind. It's a drug. And uh, as the whereas says, um, you can provide immediate intoxication with peak levels occurring within 30 minutes. And so this is something that um, the smallest non-dominimous use is going to uh, put you in that state of intoxication, the state of impairment. Now, we had people testify saying, well, it's only going to be samples. Well, we also had other people testify they're going to have clubs. They're going to have lounges. You know, people are going to hang out there, and they go there to get high. And so now somehow they've got to get home safely, and I'm sure some will do it right. But we had other people testify that they've been driving for 20-plus years stoned, and they had no problem, and they just think they're fine. And I cannot tell you how many people have told me they think they drive fine or they drive better because they're stoned. You know, it's a complete um, refutation of reality. And so we've got a huge problem out there. Some of the stats uh, that are out there, uh, the Washington State Marijuana Impact Report from the Northwest High Intensity Drug Traffic Area, um, from 2010 to 2014, these are the numbers, um, they had um, 122 percent drivers with active THC in their blood and fatal accidents. That's a, I believe that's an increase over that time frame. Uh, and then also, it may be the same report, but this I got from the uh, AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety. Um, the drivers in fatal crashes, 10% had THC in their blood, 34% uh, um, THC only, and then uh, the rest had something else, some alcohol, some pharmaceuticals, some whatever, something else. But um, so a huge amount, and these are the fatal crashes. These aren't just all the crashes. Then in uh, Oregon, the first six months, they had a 163% increase in marijuana DUIs. What's really sad is that same article that I 
um, got that figure out. I've talked about uh, the first death in Oregon from uh, a girl who was uh, killed by a stone driver. And so that's the reality that we're dealing with. You know, this is we're talking, as many mentioned in the testimony, they're going to have smoking establishments. And so how do you have designated drivers in a smoking establishment? You know, there's a myriad of problems that come with this, and they're all related to this safety issue, and we know it's coming. It's, you know, we've got, we've seen what's out there. There's, even though it hasn't been long in those states, it's been long enough that we've got numbers that show the problems, that show the damage that's out there. And so, Allowing these consumption venues means that we're allowing more of these situations to happen because we know that they will happen, and we know that more of them are going to happen. You know, I thought the testimony was great that we got last week showing how people just don't care. You know, it's not a big deal to them, and that's a really scary part that, that there's such a disregard for the safety of others when they're doing this that um, – Somehow, I don't know, they think it gives them superpowers, but whatever, they don't think it affects them. And so, and that's not all of them, but you know what? That's a percentage. That's a large percentage, and it's going to create a problem. So um, I'm definitely supporting this. I think this is one of the most common sense ordinances uh, out there. And um, I think it's a real shame that the marijuana board decided to take us in a different direction and add something um, to the initiative that was voted on. This was not what was voted on. And uh, I want to thank the sponsors for bringing up this ordinance, and I'll be supporting it. Mr. Cooper. Thanks. Um, I'd like to move to amend uh, the ordinance as follows. Line 22, delete the word prohibited, insert the word regulated. <coughs> At line 28, insert an additional whereas clause to read, whereas a limited duration prohibition will allow the time to review any state action and develop borough regulations, including appropriate zoning for establishments that allow on-site consumption. I'd like to strike lines 55 through 57 and add at the end of line 59 the following, <coughs> and will expire on November 11, 2016, unless terminated sooner or extended by the assembly. You know, I'm going to, that's a lot, but I'm going to second the motion because I want to hear a little more about it. Sure. I, I want to start out by stating that I, I, I'm, I don't oppose on-site consumption, but the thing that concerns me at this point in time is that we don't have state regulations on it. We don't have borough regulations on it. And I feel like that uh, we're operating in a vacuum right now and that that cuts uh, two ways. One, um, we don't know what those are, and two, uh, if – you know, having some temporary <coughs> moratorium or prohibition in place may make sense so that uh, people who might be interested in retail establishments with on-site consumption are not uh, necessarily making plans or spending money to advance those plans so that they, they have some certainty at this point that there's a, there's a hold on it until we see what the state does. I think one of the things we've heard a lot about is uh, – is zoning. Uh, I think that's something that needs to be considered here as well. I think that taking the time to to think about uh, the regulatory and zoning impacts of retail <coughs> establishments with on-site consumption is very important. So, so in that sense, I'm in favor of a limited uh, or a, a time-limited moratorium on uh, going forward with uh, on-site consumption while we figure out what the playing field is going to look like. I think that's a big variable that we just don't know right now. I mean, there are regulations out there. They're out there for comment, but we don't know what the final regulations are going to look like. And so I don't want to uh, do a disservice to those who might be trying to do this, and, I, and I'd like to have more of a structure before we decide to go <coughs> forward with an outright prohibition on um, – or not go forward with that outright, outright prohibition on uh, um, on-site consumption. However, the vote on the main motion would go. So, so there we just heard Matt Cooper explain why he wants to put his addition onto his amendment on onto the moratorium. He's going to give us all time. Let the state decide what they're going to do. Now, knowing what I do know now, it was a good thing that it happened this way. It cooled everybody's jets. But let's let's hear how they discuss things. They're still going to discuss. Kristen, Miss Westland, and then Mr. Rovers. I'd speak in favor of this amendment. Um, simply, even though I am opposed so to the stall, um, the prohibition. Um, simply Does because like I the think stall, that he's not ready yet. More information, and if we do end up 
you know, passing an ordinance in regard to this. I think it should be done with more data. It just, it just, you know, and it's always more information. There are a lot of moving parts. Or the kids. And we're trying to prohibit something that's not even currently allowed. So, um, good point. Yeah, and a ninety-day moratorium seems reasonable. Um, but so, yeah, I would speak in favor of this amendment. Thank you, Mr. Roberts. I think my question was answered. I guess I was just going to clarify that this whole ordinance was non-area-wide anyway to begin with. I believe at the time that you drafted it, that HB 75 had not become well, we, law we had yet. thought it might be area-wide, so, then we So at that, that point, we were still taking the position that local control could be exercised on an area-wide basis, but that amendment... Um, to 1738-210, which is our local control authority, actually specifically provides now that it's not area-wide. So that happened a month after this was introduced. So I would speak in favor of the amendment. Uh, one question, Mr. Sally. To the attorney, the language um, about it expires November 11th unless terminated earlier or, or extended, um, we don't have a nifty way of extending anything, do we? It would have to be an all-new ordinance? It would have to be by ordinance, correct. That's what I thought. Um, I, guess, I guess I'll support it, uh, although I'd rather pass it the way it is, but <laughs> it takes five votes. Yes, that's fine. That's fine. I'll, pay, I'll support it. Any further on the amendment? <sighs> Is there anybody who objects to the amendment? Seeing none, it's unanimous, clerk. So now we have the ordinance in front of us amended. So okay. that it, with the, that just means moratorium. Uh, they put a moratorium of 90 days, sunset November day, 11th. Basically making it into a moratorium until November 11th. There we go. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, I just would like to, to make a few comments on okay. on-site consumption. She doesn't have much more time to talk. She's to gone. Support, I, Sean I Tacky. the amendment, and I, I appreciate you offering it. Over the last couple of weeks, we've heard a lot of testimony from people, and I've done a lot of reading. And just a couple things I just wanted to throw out for the rest of the assembly to consider. Um, this is a quote from an addiction summit, and it's talking about who should attend the summit. It says caretakers, medical professionals, professionals family members, someone who is struggling with addiction, else? or a young person, quote, resisting the pressure to experiment. So I, I want to leave that with you because the rest of my comments are geared to that very last sentence. A young person, quote, resisting the pressure to experiment. So that's really what my whole focus has been in all of this, is the young people who are being pressured to experiment. So we had testimony at our last meeting about on-site consumption, the people who came down, and they talked about the marijuana handling cards. Uh, similar to the TAMS cards or the TAP card, whatever you want to call it, depending on what state you're from. And they said it'll teach first-time users to safely use the marijuana product. And, and I see a good in that, but I also have a really hard time, mixed emotion about that. Because in teaching someone to use a drug safely, so that they can build up their tolerance to it and use more. That's even talking about the first equipment. time they don't want them using a hundred times the THC. They'll have a bad experience. Like paraphernalia. They may not come back, or they'll just have a bad experience. Period. They may end up in the hospital. But if you safely teach that person, she's, maybe she should have been a cannabis store. She knows how to do it. Never smoked before. She's got all the marketing down. Consumption. You've got someone there trained to teach them to use it safely. Yeah, they'll probably come back. They'll probably have a good experience, and they'll keep coming back, and they'll want a higher THC content, and their body will have adapted to it, and that will continue on. We had some very good testimony, I thought, from Karen Perdue and Nancy Tarney, American Lung Association and American Cancer Society, in feeling that no ventilation system in a smoking club would be adequate to protect the people that are in there. And they also brought out, as we all know, too, that there are no other places in the United States that currently allow on-site consumption. Awesome. Let's do it. So I guess we could all cite a study. First. The gentleman that came and testified, you know, they 
they, uh, Mr. Emmerts, he analyzed the study and said, well, it was obvious that this didn't mean marijuana did this or did that. I cited some studies. Uh, Mr. Roberts just cited some studies. I have a ton of studies here about highway safety, traffic, and accidents and things that have occurred in Colorado and Washington. And it won't mean anything to anybody. It, those statistics won't mean anything to anybody. Because Same how people view this is an attitude. don't mean anything to you? It's an attitude of you either believe it's dangerous for the public or you don't believe it's dangerous for the public. And no study or statistic is going to change anybody's mind up here. Good point. So I, I say this in that... Um, I make my decisions based on asking myself a question. Will this help, hurt, or have no effect on things like we all talk about schools, like graduation rates, keeping kids in school? And you say, well, this is for 21-year-olds. Where do you think the underage people get it? Do you really think the black market will die and that the kids in school won't have more access to this because the 21-year-old brother won't go buy it for the 19-year-old brother or sister? Does anybody up here really think that this is going to help our kids in school? We all want education. Everybody up here, give more money to the schools. And yet we don't seem to consider what may happen to our young people. And so, you know, there's a lot going on. And I think our next generation is going to grow up thinking that pot product consumption is perfectly fine. It's normal. Uh, some people don't think this is bad, but I would disagree. I had a, a, a pediatrician stop me the other day, and he said, people don't realize the psychosis in the young people that they're starting to see in Washington and Colorado. And he says, we're starting to see it here at, at Fairbanks Memorial. He said the psychosis because people are more openly using because they know people aren't going to stop them. So I would just ask everybody to consider that. When you're thinking about on-site consumption, you may use it safely. You may be able to take a little thing. You may be able to teach that person how to use it safely. They will come back. They will buy from you. But we're selling this. It's not supposed to go out of the state. Money circulates about five times. So how are those businesses going to grow? They're going to grow because your kids, your grandkids are going to be 21-year-olds, or they're going to be the teenagers who get it from the 21-year-olds. So I, I, I would just ask people to think, is this going to help? Is it going to hurt? Or is it really not going to have any effect on our kids? I know it's geared to 21-year-olds, but ultimately... That's all that really matters is that next generation. Anybody that's using it now, they're using it now. It's do you really want the next generation? And so I believe that on-site consumption and people being able to drive around and see and having people tell them you can drive, you're it's safe good to drive, to alcohol. you drive slower because you're using marijuana. All those studies say your reaction time is slower in avoiding accidents or being able to do the emergency things that you need to do. But I could cite studies all day, and we could have people out there interpolating them saying you can't prove it's marijuana. So I appreciate the moratorium. I hope when I'm off the Sassendi and Mr. Tacky's taking my place, Ooh. I hope when that happens that the focus won't just be on how much business can we get from selling drugs to our kids Ooh. and to our grandkids. Because, by God, money is not worth it if it's our kids' minds. The mental health aspects of this, you can only say what I'm saying if you know people that have been affected like this. And if you can't, she then you're going to say it's perfectly safe. But by God, my grandkids ever got a hold of a gummy bear that's 100 times the THC because the person that was here before mm. makes an edible. And they can slit it with a scissors. Scissors. You tell me any five-year-old can't cut something with scissors and that that's child-proof packaging? We should all be ashamed of ourselves. That's just, if anybody thinks that something you can cut with scissors is going to protect a five-year-old from getting into a package of gummy bears, you don't have a five-year-old grandchild. 
I can tell you that. My grandchild can get into anything, and he does. So I'm done. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of good points there, a lot of good points. Um, I just want to say a couple things, a couple different points. I hope you all read, um, perhaps uh, last week, uh, this uh, letter from the mayor of Anchorage, uh, to the Maryland School <coughs> Board, um, which Karen Purdue fur furnished us, um, pointing out yet again that we would be the first state in the nation to uh, to do this. And Why are I, you afraid of that? You know, I'm at the head of the parade of people saying we don't give a damn how they do it outside. But we certainly don't give a damn about how they do it in Anchorage. But, um, you know, there's probably a reason <laughs> somewhere that... that uh, Oregon and Washington and Colorado don't allow this on-site consumption. Um, I've spent time in Portland, and there's tens of thousands of pedestrians walking around, and uh, it looks like a much more ready market for uh, on-site consumption than the uh, than our good old railway industrial area, where I don't think there's been a pedestrian for a, for a long time. Um, this is a three-month. This will be a three-month. Uh, pause in this, I guess, and I hope it delivers a message to, I'm a small business guy, so I I don't want these business entrepreneurs already did. Um, spending money on the on-site consumption part of their, there of their business plan, uh, think b before it's sort of got a stamp of approval. Um, already got the stamp by the state. We advanced tonight, and I appreciate that nobody took it off the consent agenda. That was nice. Um, we advanced an ordinance of, uh, of mine and Diane's, which goes to the planning, and I don't know if you all read it or didn't notice it, but um, it goes to the planning commission, and it would, uh, and then come, it comes back here in September, and it will add to Title 18 in our zoning code in six zones, it will make on-site consumption, it'll make retail with on-site consumption a conditional use, and it'll require going to the Planning Commission and having a public hearing. And and that's fine, and that's a good solution for this. Uh, I would have preferred this whole thing, but uh, it's going to uh, cause a lot of business for the good old Planning Commission, because, uh, and I, I, I I think I know what the neighbors are going to have to say about um, an on-site consumption venue in their neighborhood as opposed to what was, as Lance said, uh, what was proposed to us being a retail establishment. Uh, then after we did our buffer zones, they added on-site consumption. So that will be up, that part of Fair it will point. be up for public hearing at the Planning Commission if that ordinance, we'll see what the Planning Commission says about it, and then it will come back to us for adoption. And I hope I hope in September that we adopt that. Um, that's a good solution because it will leave it up the, to the neighbors and uh, the neighborhood, and uh, we'll see what they have to say. I suspect that there will be substantial opposition in neighbor, uh, neighborhoods, like the lady with the business in railway industrial area. Uh, I suspect there'll be a lot of opposition, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, conditional use permit will be decided at the planning commission level, and then, of course, it's potentially appealable. It's dangerous. So your neighbors we'll should be able to decide. This is a good compromise. That's fine. Thank you, Mr. Quist. Next. Um, well, I w would like to speak against this ordinance. I like it much better now that we've amended it, but um, I've got a lot to say. The very short version, and then I'll give you the long version. The short version is that the most dangerous thing about marijuana is that it's illegal or that it has been. Nice. Okay. So prohibition costs lives. Um, continuing prohibition, limiting legal access limiting education, limiting regulation. These are the things that cost lives. You want to keep it out of the hands of minors, have people who are trained 
to card people who have legal responsibilities that or their livelihoods are attached to not providing it to minors, have those people selling the drugs, okay? Because drug dealers on the street don't ask for your ID. They're very happy to sell to minors, okay? So the legal market keeps it safe, safer, okay? Um, I've caught a lot of flack about this in the past from the, the pro-cannabis side of things, but I will readily admit that it is not absolutely safe. No drug is. On the spectrum of drugs, though, it is pretty much the safest. Now, I won't go into studies too much because they're not super welcome, um, but I'll mention no, one because I think it was mentioned a couple weeks ago in public testimony, but I think it's very revealing. Definitely not an opiate. Um, not a pill. So, over the course of 20 months in, in Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia, the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety Administration conducted a study, seven, er, 9,000 uh, drivers, 3,000 of which were involved in, in crashes, and the other 6,000 were control. Um, they looked at blood alcohol content, um, active THC, and a number of other um, illegal drugs and legal drugs like prescription drugs and such. Um, unsurprisingly, alcohol was very strongly correlated with accidents. Um, the study looked at up to 0.15 BAC, um, you know, about twice the legal limit. If you were at that level, you were 12 times more likely to be in an accident than somebody who didn't have alcohol in their system. Okay. This same study found that t active THC and bloodstreams was statistically insignificant. It was positively correlated, 1.05, okay? But that fell within the, the statistical insignificance of the study, so it wasn't conclusive. So it's I'm also sure illegal it in Virginia. Effect, but does it compare to the real threat that's on but our roads study. right now that we're choosing to ignore tonight? Okay, so, and so that's what this is about is the safety on our roadways, which is, seems to be one of the, the big arguments here. I'm surprised that we're not looking at what the current menace is on the roadways. We can take this into account too. Sure, this is a, a problem, mm. will be a problem, more of a problem in the future. It's currently illegal under state law to operate a motor vehicle while you're under the influence of, of marijuana, okay? But, um, the real danger is alcohol right now, and we're choosing to ignore that. So either this isn't about public safety, or it's really poorly written. Um, and I, I think that there's something disingenuous here. Um, if it's about smoke, like p inhaled smoke from uh, bystanders in the in the in the bar, or you know the 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 marijuana bar, or for the employees, well, let's look at tobacco smoke, which is legal indoors, in, that kills hundreds of thousands of Americans a year. That kills millions of people worldwide. It's documented that secondhand tobacco smoke causes cancer, causes pulmonary disease, kills people. Okay, but we aren't addressing that. Like, we're, we're choosing to focus on this other thing that isn't as bad. Okay, so that, that this also seems to me to be um, somewhat disingenuous if we really care about um, particulates in the air and in public places we should really be looking at tobacco use um, I really appreciate this amendment that we passed um, in this this amended version that we have in front of us that in the whereas we've changed um, because of the intoxicating effects and such from prohibited to regulated because that's really what we're doing here we're trying to regulate this to make it safer to make access safer to allow education, the, this uh, state-mandated um, course for handlers. I mean, there's a lot of material these people, anybody who works in the industry has to absorb and a lot of regulations they have to be responsible for. Um, I'll continue, if you, you'll continue to indulge me, I'll try to wrap it up here. So one of these other things I absolutely need to ad address, it, Mr. Roberts seemed to imply earlier that alcohol is not a drug. 
Okay, so alcohol is a drug. We, in our society, like to say drugs and alcohol and somehow separate the two. But there, alcohol is very much so a drug, and it's a drug that comes to many people at extreme physical, psychological cost or community serious costs. And, you know, people die as a result of this. And it's, it's a drug and should be treated very much so like, like one. Um, okay. So a couple of other things that I think are really important, like this is every, all these regulations in this new over-regulated industry, all of these target preventing minors' access, okay? So there won't be any gummy bears because it can't be candy. It says that in the regulations because they don't want kids to eat it. Like the number one thing on the Cole memo was keep it away from minors, and the state has done their, their job. Good job, Chris. So, like, a, a five-year-old can get into a liquor bottle a lot more easier and get sick and potentially die from that than eat these mythical candies that don't exist <laughs> and not die. Because it's, like, it's just... Or if it's just a flower, they could eat an ounce of it and they're not going to get high at all, okay? It won't even... Like, they'll probably have a tummy ache from eating too many flowers. Really. I mean, it's not active at that point. So, I mean... This isn't a dangerous substance, whereas alcohol, like I could take a kid into a package store. I can take a kid and if, if, you know, I mean, if I'm accompanying a minor, let's say, you know, I don't have any children of my own, but I'm, I'm sure we can use our imagination here. Take a kid into a bar, a smoky bar. There could be a drink right there. I could take a kid into a package store. This won't be allowed at all in any of these establishments. No minors, not even escorted minors. Okay, so... Um, Great points. That, I mean, that's huge. What we're doing with a regulated industry is controlling access, making something safer than it is. Because, and, and, you know, I, uh, I could go on. One last thing, though, if I could. The, the concerns about mental health are very serious. Um, it, I think it, is, it seems to be pretty well established that cannabis use, especially amongst younger people, uh, young adults, teenagers, can seem to accelerate the onset of schizophrenia. Okay, and doesn't seem to be, and some of the correlation is a little fishy. Like maybe some people are self-medicating and they, you know, would otherwise be developed. So anyways, there are serious mental health concerns. I think there are also potentially serious mental health benefits. Mm, okay. Nice. Um, Continue. Did a great job. Great question. And the idea of of adults in the future that are children now that we need to protect them from themselves and tell them that they can't go to a store um, and and get a product that's been tested that. You know, I mean, just, you know, and get the education that they need and have a, a safe place to use it. We're protecting these future adults from themselves because they're like your, your grandchildren now. I mean, this is anyways, I'm. Um, yeah, thank you for indulging me. Please oppose this. Thank you. Any further discussion? Yeah. Mr. Roberts. Um. I guess I won't go back into the alcohol issue. I think I covered that pretty thoroughly. Um, I, I do want to mention that um, while I had the number at one time last year, I don't know what the current number is, the cumulative total, but well over a dozen kids have been sent to ICU in Colorado because of finding um, those consumables. Uh, and so uh, it's certainly uh, the, the danger is certainly there, and it's it's uh, not just a fear, it's a reality that's out there. And then I just want to mention to the public who may be listening that this borough doesn't really have the authority to regulate smoking or alcohol. The initiative gave us the authority to regulate the types of marijuana businesses and location, time, and a few parameters. And so we're just working within the bounds of the authority. Those issues would have to be taken care of at the state level. And in fact, there was a smoking bill in front of the legislature this last session that didn't make it all the way through that would have put a lot more uh, um, parameters on uh, regular smoking. So that's it. Thanks. Any other discussion on 
on the bill as amended. See none, clerk. I could. I'm sorry. Just I'd like to add one more thing that I think is important here, and I appreciate that we might not have. Um, this might turn into two things. We might not have the power uh, to to regulate alcohol and tobacco to the same extent that we do here with marijuana, but that's. When I approached the sponsors of this ordinance when it first came before us, when it was when it was advanced, um, uh, if they would consider anything similar for alcohol, without even pausing for a moment, they immediately both said no, because that's not what it's about. About like actually making the road safer. It's not about looking at what the real problems are. It's about being being scared of this new thing. And um, and one thing that I think is also very important to realize is that this community, I mean, I, I've said it here, this community has an alcohol problem. People substitute these drugs for each other. And yes, there are problems with cannabis, but we would be b way better off with a marijuana problem than we would with an alcohol problem. <laughs> and, and substitution here is Woo! well documented. Twist. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we've amended this. I still strongly oppose it. Thank you. But let's vote. Mr. Lawrence? No. So they're voting on the moratorium. Mr. Satley? Yes. Mr. Roberts? Yes. Ms. Westland? No. Ms. Hutchison? Yes. Mr. Quist? No. Mr. Cooper? Yes. Mr. Davies? Yes. Would anyone like to change the vote? Clerk? 5-3. Amended ordinance is adopted. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Toka. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, search Mid Toka, and farnorthtokers.com. See you!